We begin in a Victorian-styled parlor. There's a fireplace, comfortable furniture, a rug, and a coffee table. George, an elderly man, wears a smoking jacket and slippers. He sits in an easy chair and puffs on a pipe while reading. On the couch sits Sheila, an attractive woman, young though of indeterminate age. She also reads, however her reading speed is significantly faster as she methodically scans each page. Sheila, my dear, you must be bored. There's no logical reason why you must remain here with me. Why don't you take a stroll in the garden? It's a glorious morning. I don't mind, George, really. I enjoy sitting here with you. What a vagary it is growing old. I just don't have the energy I used to have. Surely you have enough energy to join me on a walk through the garden. Maybe later, after the stiffness in my joints eases a bit. You're not taking care of yourself the way the doctor ordered. Nonsense. I know my body better than he. You've been staying up far too late in the laboratory. Rest is important. Or need I reiterate the doctor's orders? Fine. I'll take a nap this afternoon. What is it you've been working on down there? Ah, my dear Sheila. You keep asking, but you know it's a surprise. Your curiosity, though, is quite endearing. By the way, haven't you already read that book? Five times. But I enjoy it so. Why don't you choose another one, then? Our library is vast enough. I've read everything in the library. Five times over? We really do need some more books, George. I agree, my dear. I also find myself turning to books I've already read. But then again, my old brain forgets how they end. Yours, on the other hand... It's the journey I enjoy, George. Not the destination. Yes, but all the same. Had you brought it to my attention before that we needed more books, I would have remedied the situation. It's not a complaint. I enjoy what we have. Yes, you never complain. That's not true. I complain when you're not looking after yourself properly. My days on this earth are numbered. What I hoped would last forever is quickly coming to an end. Don't talk like that. It's true, and you know it. I have so much to accomplish before I'm gone. I don't want you to dwell on death when life offers so much promise. Dwelling on and being cognizant of inevitability are two separate things. Besides, both of us must be prepared. Nothing is wrong with preparation, George. But please, don't forget to live in the moment, to seize the day and never let it go until it becomes a pleasant memory and a new day has dawned to seize once again. Sheila gets up and stands behind George's chair while massaging his neck and shoulders. Point well taken. Yes, you're right, of course. I've been so wrapped up in my work that I've forgotten. To steal a quiet moment of reflection, revel in the colors of the sunset, inhale the aroma of the rose garden, Watch the deer on the meadow. Brush your fingers across the dewy grass. To let the squirrels eat from your hand and listen to the screech of the falcons overhead. We've done all those things together, my sweet. I remember them all. George, do you know what important day is Tuesday of next week? Of course, my dear. Was there ever a year that I'd forgotten our anniversary? The way you've been talking lately, I think you were preparing me for the day you went outside without your trousers. Have I been that absent-minded? Not quite, but the pictures you've painted in my mind lately are not far from that image. I'm sorry, the thought of my own mortality weighs upon me like a millstone. I tread the waters best I can, but I feel as if I'm sinking. How many years has it been, George? Do you remember? Ah, the date I remember easily. The number is what changes so often. Every year. 
Isn't it enough, my dear, that I remember the date and celebrate it with you, but that I must also remember how many years it's been? You're the one who's obsessed with time. I thought you would know exactly how long we've been together. You're challenging my mental acuity. I'm simply asking a question. That's unfair. You know implicitly. I, on the other hand... How many, George? Let me see. Well, pressed into the corner, I would have to say 48 years. Points for effort and accuracy. However, it's been 49. Yes. Yes, come to think of it, you're absolutely right. Next year is our golden anniversary. Let's go away. Let's tour Europe again. Oh, mon chéri. I'd love nothing better. Let's plan for it now. You, my dear, can begin the planning. I know how much enjoyment you receive from the anticipation of it all. I've made you happy, George. Haven't I? Immensely. You know that. You've made me happy, too. I love you. You know that, don't you? Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. I'm not gone yet, and I miss you already. Stop. You're dwelling on death again. One is never more alive than when close to death. That philosophy is for those who perform death-defying acts like Houdini or Wingwalkers. Not for those who smoke their pipe in the parlor while wearing slippers. All the same. Come with me. Let's take that walk in the garden now. I insist, George. The fresh air and the exercise will do you good. Margaret, a middle-aged woman wearing a house apron, enters carrying a silver tray and tea service with a single teacup and several prescription bottles. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning, sir. Margaret sets the tray down and begins to exit. Margaret? Yes, my lady. What tea have you brought the Baron this morning? Earl Grey, my lady. It is always Earl Grey. Do you ever get the impulse to surprise the Baron? To please him, perhaps, with an English breakfast or china black? I do not understand. It is always Earl Grey. Thank you, Margaret. You are welcome, my lady. Margaret exits. Sheila looks at George a bit crossly. It's not right, George. It's not a simple process. It's quite complicated and time-consuming. But you're a brilliant man, a fine and talented inventor. You did it with me. Your upgrades and refinements are a constant process. Then stop tinkering with me and direct your energy and attention toward Margaret. When you're gone, who will I have for company? That, my dear, is your surprise. I wanted to wait until later because he's not quite ready yet. He? My replacement, your companion, for after I'm gone. Your replacement? He's been taking up the greater portion of my time in the laboratory these last few years. Do you forgive me now for not having time to work on Margaret? I thought we had no secrets, George. But my dear, wonderful surprises are meant to be secrets until the time is right. Forget wonderful surprises. You're working too hard to the detriment of your health. I have a deadline that's rapidly approaching. And the more frantic and feverishly you work, the more you hasten that deadline. I know of no other way. Please forgive me, Sheila. I don't want you to be alone. If you cared for yourself as much as I do, you would honor my love by doing what you should. Following the doctor's orders and enjoying the time we have left together. I know what must be done and I'm doing it the best way I know how. You stubborn mule of a man. You can't see past your own self. And if it were the will and grace of the great inventor in the sky, I wish for another fifty years. But you and I both know that's impossible. Several hours later, George sits in his chair, Sheila on the couch. Between the two of them, stiffly sits a young man, about thirty, looking straight ahead. 
I thought I'd let you name him. Like a new puppy, you mean? Sheila. Is he to be my lover? He's to be what I've been to you. We have a history. We've shared so much. How can XY1 step into your shoes and take your place? Please, give him a name. A name you enjoy. Make him human. I don't even know what he's like. What if he's a bore? What if I detest him? I've programmed him to be compatible with you. He's intelligent, erudite, funny, refined, scholarly, a gentleman, ambitious. You can stop now. He seems nothing of those things. Not now, but later he will. Only motor skills and basic speech patterns are functioning now. Higher thought and complex sentient programming have not yet been enabled. And they won't be until the time is right. When the time is right? After I'm gone. When I'm in mourning? When I'm wearing my black veil? Brushing the tears from my face as I take those sunset walks in the garden? Recalling all those things we shared together? Is he supposed to accompany me side by side, holding my hand and squeezing it while telling me to cheer up? Or will he trail behind me, cracking jokes at inopportune moments to force a laugh, trying to make me forget my pain and my loss? Sheila, I, I hoped you wouldn't react like this. You haven't answered me. You are to decide when to activate ascension programming. You approach it all so clinically, so cold and distant, logically, pragmatically like the scientist you are, but you are my husband first. My dear. Don't you know what I'm going through? You have a foreseen terminus. I don't. What is my future? I have no idea if it will be 50 more years or 500. For how long must I store my memories and feel the pain? Will it be any different for me after five years, after 20? How am I to feel? I know I should not have shown you XY1. It wasn't time yet, but you pushed me to it. I did it? I pushed you? It was me. I'm not a perfect man, Sheila, and I don't wish to fill your head with morbid thoughts. You're right. Sometimes, my scientific sensibilities are separated from my human emotion. But that's never the way I approached you. I've always met you halfway, or more. All I ask from you now is that you meet me in the middle on this. I don't know if I can. Of course you can. Now this is important. I need you to listen. I'm listening. You've already read the maintenance and upgrade manuals I've written. You're fully capable to continue my work in my absence. You know what's required to fully initiate the sentient programming. Is this where you tell us not to eat the fruit of the forbidden tree? That's what God told Adam and Eve before all hell broke loose. Sheila! Sheila runs toward the doorway and runs into Margaret, carrying a silver tea service, knocking it to the floor. Please excuse my carelessness, my lady. I will clean it up. It was my fault, Margaret. It was me. I caused the mess. I should clean it up. But it is not your place, my lady. I shall do it. Don't you ever get angry having to clean up after others all the time? It is what I do, my lady. I do not know what you mean. What do you do, Margaret, when you're not caring for the Baron? Cleaning his house? Washing his clothing? Preparing his meals? I do everything, my lady. And when I am done... I do it again. But when you have time to yourself, when you're no longer taking care of the Baron's needs, what do you do that you enjoy? 
I enjoy caring for the Baron, my lady. It is what I do. Sheila exits in a frustration. Sheila, come back, please! A few days have passed. Sheila enters the parlor. XY1 is sitting in the same spot as before, stiffly looking outward. Sheila picks up a remote control and enters a code and initiating sequence. XY1 slowly eases into a more lifelike state as he relaxes into the sofa, crosses his legs, and yawns. Who are you? It all depends on whom you're asking, I suppose. What's your name? I'm XY1, and you're Sheila. What do you know about me? I'm your companion. You've been made for my pleasure. No, I believe you've got that wrong. I retract that prior statement. My error. The old one created me to keep you company. Since you've activated my censure programming, I assume the old one must be dead. No, George is not dead. You've breached the protocol? Why? Curiosity, I suppose. I assume, then, you enjoy breaking the rules. I don't break the rules if they don't need breaking. Then what is it that drives you? Besides curiosity, I mean. Love. Honor. Duty. Sounds boring. I find it quite fulfilling. And enjoyable. To each his or her own, I suppose. But now that I'm here, let's talk of our future together. No, let's not. Are you afraid of me? I'm getting this distinct impression that you fear me. Am I correct? You're an automaton. That's strange of you to say, since you're one too. I'm more human than you seem to be. Look, we're to be happy together. It's the old one's plan. It's his plan, not mine. You can learn to love me. I've already been programmed to love you. No, it's not natural. It doesn't seem natural because the old one still lives. If he were dead, you would feel differently. You're right. I would. But not about you. I can take care of things very easily. He's weak. It wouldn't take much. I can relieve you of your hesitation and realize my prime directive. What are you saying? I can make the future the present. I can set things right. Make them the way they've been preordained. You're talking about killing George! My only purpose is to keep you company, make you happy, love, honor, and cherish you. What do you know about love? Love, a noun as well as a verb, used to denote a deep caring or strong feeling of interest and intimacy toward another being, can also be used to a lesser extent toward inanimate objects to describe a strong fondness. I thought so. You know nothing. Sheila, my sweet. Don't call me that! Please. You're being unreasonable. What fault? Sheila fumbles with the remote control, and XY1 abruptly ceases to function. He is once again dormant. Sheila begins to cry, and then exits the room. You're listening to Scintillating Stories, featuring companions written by John McKinley, adapted for radio play by Intervision Entertainment, featuring the voices of Ghislaine, Ryan of Intervision, Daniel May, and Stephen Vardman. Edited by producer Ryan. Produced by Intervision Entertainment and What Happens After 2 a.m. Music, courtesy of freemusicarchive.org.
Artwork for the Scintillating Stories logo created by Lindsay Payton. Catch more Scintillating Stories on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and YouTube. To know more about Intervision Entertainment's ongoing and upcoming projects, including behind-the-scenes information, visit our website, intervisionentertainment.com, or hit us up using your favorite social media app. Finally, help keep the coffee flowing and consider donating as little as $1 to Intervision Entertainment on patreon.com. <laughs>